Well, it's that time of year again. Projects are in full swing, and you know what that means. you got to make that trip up to Jacob's Supply. Whether you're a contractor or builder, or you're checking those things off the to-do list around the house, now is the time to visit Jacob's Supply. Guys, listen to some of the crazy good deals they have going on right now. PVC decking for $2.99 a linear foot in 10 different colors. Composite decking for $2.35 a linear foot in two colors. Treated decking for $0.65 a linear foot. Duralife composite rail kits available in select colors starting at $64.99. And don't forget the vinyl rail kits also available in stock. Need the fasteners? They have those too. Hidden or visible? Clips or screws. Jacob Supply is located in Temperance, Michigan, but ships many products nationally too. So whether you're in-state or out-of-state, they're just a click or call away. Check them out at www.jacobsupply.com or call them at 734-224-0978. That's 734-224-0978 or click the link in the description of this episode. Jacob Supply, your one-stop shop for products you need at prices you love. Hey guys, you got to join us at the Thank God for Bitcoin 2024 conference in Rocket Town, Nashville, July 24th and 25th. Last year was phenomenal and this year is going to be even better. G.K. Chesterton once said, I never discuss anything else except politics and religion. There is nothing else to discuss. Given how secular our current world is, this might sound strange. We can think of many things that don't initially seem political, but whether we recognize it or not, religion and politics define the playing surface and rules that govern our lives and actions. And money is one of the most powerful tools in enacting the wills of both government and God. Although we all use it, few Christians have a rich, biblically grounded, historically informed framework through which to understand what money is, and consequently the effect it necessarily has on how we think about economic issues. Well, that won't fly at this conference. We're talking stewardship, dominion, and the economics of glory with some of the biggest names around. Speakers include Michael Foster, C.R. Wiley, Dr. Ben Merkel, Dr. Glenn Sunshine, Nate Fisher, Jordan Bush, and many, many more. You won't want to miss this lineup. This is one of the most intellectually powerful theologically sound, and all-around good time conferences you can go to this summer. So go to www.tgfb.com, that's Thank God for Bitcoin, www.tgfb.com, and get your tickets today, or click on the link in the description of this episode. See you there, guys. Christians, are you tired of just talking about starting a parallel economy and not doing anything about it? The Workspace Conference is the catalyst you've been waiting for. Join us this June 28th and 29th at the Hilton in downtown Fort Worth, Texas. Engage with leading Christian thinkers like David Bonson, C.R. Wiley, Steve Jeffrey, David Reese, and Andrew Krapyshevs. They'll share invaluable insights on how to actively integrate your faith with your professional life in ways that really matter. These leaders are not just thinkers, but doers, shaping a Christian approach to business that makes a real impact. This event is more than speeches. It's a vibrant networking hub for Christian professionals and entrepreneurs eager to create substantial change. It's an opportunity to forge meaningful connections, explore new business opportunities, and collaborate in a faith-driven environment. Don't miss the highlight of our networking opportunities, the exclusive speakers dinner. This is a premier event where you can dine with our speakers and other influential guests, deepening relationships and discussing ideas in an intimate setting. We are also actively seeking partners who are passionate about building a Christian economy. If you're interested in collaborating or sponsoring, we'd love to hear from you. And make sure you join us for Beer and Psalms for some relaxed fellowship and let's turn our faith into action together. So reserve your spot now at www.worksbase.com That's worksbase.com or click the link in the description of this episode and be part of building a dynamic Christian professional community. Let's move beyond talk, fellas, and start creating the change we want to see. Cool, yeah, usually we do uh, we do an intro, but I'm going to be mashing these up, so. 
All right. We'll just get into it. Sounds good. Marcus. Marcus. What's up, brother? <laughs> oh, you trimmed, the, you trimmed the beard. I feel like the last you know, time I saw you was about twice as long. I'm, 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 I'm in the venture capital world now. And, uh, I, <laughs> I, you know, and like, you know, you don't know what scares people. <laughs> right. Well, you know what's <laughs> tough about that? By the way, um, we're with uh, Marcus Pittman, Lord uh, TV. Uh, with a long beard, because I just took about four inches off mine right, two days before I came here. Apologies. Yeah, and I've noticed, though, and I'm a realtor as well. Yeah. So uh, if you don't brush that thing and keep it straightened, and yeah. I mean, it can get real crazy yeah. to where some of my clients, I'd show up to the showing, and they're like, wait, are you are you the realtor or are you the squatter? Like, <laughs> you know, it's a fine line between, like, homeless guy yeah, and professional, is. right? It when is. you got that long beard. Yeah. So. No, yeah. I like it. It looks good, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. It's all trimmed up, you know, yeah, looking you know, good. I, I yeah. do what I can. <laughs> How is the venture capitalist uh, uh, hat wearing going? It's a uh, it's a different world, man. Yeah, it's a different world. It's uh, it's a uh, it's you're you're trying to get people. I describe it as basically like you're trying to get people to be less of a coward. <laughs> like that's all. That's all it is, right? Yeah. So you, you have you know the story that the parable of the talents. Sure. Right. And, you know, Jesus rebuked the guy that just buried his money in the sand. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're, you're constant, it's a constant pitch to, like, be like, hey, dude, yeah. like, don't be the guy that buries, buries the- your, your money in the sand. Invest in lore. Um, yeah. And, uh, I think that's like, you know, that's like the, neg- you have to prove, like, so you say, well, how many subscribers do you have? How's sure. your growth rate? You do things to give venture capitalists uh, more courage. Right. Um. So that's just kind of what what the entrepreneur's job is is yeah. to is to is to instill bravery and so so yeah. So we had Jason <laughs> we had Jason on earlier and we talked a little bit about the subscription model and stuff they can do. So we're not yeah. going to cover that too much. I was thinking maybe uh, since you're kind of at the forefront of this and you you know um, geez I think a few years ago uh, when we were in South Dakota together you were just kind of launching and getting it together. Now now you're a few years down the road. Um, but you're at the, you're kind of at the forefront of the entrepreneurial part of it. Obviously, yeah. this was your idea, and we got a lot of listeners that are in that. I, you know, I own oh, my good. own business. You're in the entrepreneurial space. You own your own business. Um, maybe we could talk to them a little bit about. Uh, maybe they're out there thinking about taking that jump. Yeah. And going, you know what? I think it's time for me to build something. Yeah. It's time for me to do that. Um, what are some things they need to know? What are some things, some struggles, some successes? I mean, what do you tell that 24 year old, 28 year old, 32 year old, however, and he's going, yeah, dude, it's time to build something, man. I'm listening, but now I want to do it. Yeah. I think, uh, you should, you should do what you love. Um, and I think, uh, Eating, yeah. eating. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. eating. Have you seen the YouTubers who like they <laughs> oh, just make true. YouTube videos? And, I was making, making a joke, but you're actually no. They right, make right, tons. Yeah. Like, look, you can make money doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I always say like, uh, I want to teach my kids uh, to monetize their passions. Yeah. Right. You know, if uh, I don't have any kids, but if I did, I was like, if they're playing video games, I would my instructions would be that, but it would be, how are you going to make money? Yeah. Playing video games. Right. You know, you can be a developer, you can be a Twitch streamer. There's a lot of things you can do. Right. But if you're going to play video games all day, you got to figure out how to monetize it. Isn't that a different mindset than even our parents' generation or their parents' generation of like, you've got five choices of something you can do. Yeah. We got to go to school. Go to school. Yep. Yep. Go work for the man. Science, tech, was it engineering and math or whatever? Yeah. STEM. Yeah. Yeah. 
now it's <laughs> and, and I truly believe in that. I've said I've I always want uh, my kids and I want every entrepreneur just to have a great work ethic and yeah. be curious. If you can yeah. ask why and why does it work that way? Why do people need that? Why do we have this deficiency in the market? Why, why, why? If you can answer, be the person that's curious and answer those questions and you have a healthy work ethic, a biblical proverb work ethic, well, then I think you're going to be OK. You yeah, have some ups right. and downs and struggles. Oh, right? yeah, it's hard. It's super hard. <laughs> and Biden, like Biden's economy doesn't make it easier. <laughs> I know, right? You know, it's like literally the hardest thing, right? Um, but I think, I think it's But they lo- look you right in the face and tell you it's the best economy it's ever been. Inflation isn't oh, what it is. Oh, it's so great. But, uh, but we feel yeah. it. We know it, right? Uh, everybody, everybody. I mean, you got, yeah. dude, like people are buying chickens and, and putting them in their yard now. Like crazy. <laughs> like never before in history. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got chickens. Yeah. Economy's doing great, but everybody's like suddenly nervous to buy chicken eggs from the grocery store. Yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so what, so what do we tell the guys that are trying to build something? It's hard. We know that yeah. they know it's hard. That, that, that's might yeah. be why they're putting it off. I, I think, I think two things. One, uh, this gets back to my, uh, like, uh, risk averse, uh, uh, Christians are not called to be risk adverse, mm. right? The, the Bible says that, uh, cowards go to hell. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, being very clear, like that's what yeah. it says. So we're called to do hard things. Yeah. And, you know, I think like, uh, boomers, boomers have kind of ruined the generation that came after them because they took the secure job. Yeah. Right. They took the factory gig. They just hung out and like that was what they did. And they never re, you know, they're like, I worked 40 years to get this stipend or this retirement plan. And then, they just blow it all on their retirement and then they don't leave anything to their kids. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't think that we're called to do that. We're, uh, we are, we are called to build big companies and to build big industry and, yeah. and, to, and to create massive culture and all that's hard, but I don't think we're, like the, the wisdom is I'm just going to do this thing and just yeah. wait till my retirement check. I just, I don't think that's, that's uh, a whole generation though. Just like you said, like literally I can give you the age group, the boomer age. That, that's what, yeah, that, no, that's the whole boomer, the whole boomer age group. And there's some people I, I know that, that are doing that play, but that's just because they've been in it so long and now they realize, well, now it's, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, but so, so like if you're, if that's what you're doing, like, and that's what you've been in, uh, like it's fine. Uh, but I would, I, was, I still try to figure out like alternative income, uh, for your families. Yeah. Um, I think that's really critical because like, like the risk is like not knowing if you're going to live long enough to get to that retirement baggage. Oh, hundred percent. Right. So, so I think, well, so boomers have done that. They've, they've, they've thrown away inheritances yeah. on cruise ships and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and cheap shrimp and cheap yeah. shrimp. <laughs> oh, gross. Uh, but yeah, no, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly what they've done. Well, that's the, mentality. Um, you know, it's funny you say cruise ships, but that's the mentality. If you talk to someone in the United States, especially even a boomer, we're not, this isn't pick on boomers episode, maybe. Yeah, it is. Uh, and they go, oh, it's all, the food is so delicious. It's all you can eat. Like, we're just so concerned about cheap, nasty buffet food on a, look at, I've been on cruises. I'm not bashing cruises, but it's like, that's what's so important to us. It's all I can eat food. And it's like, well, first of all, the quality of the food sucks. Everyone says it's great. I've been on a couple cruises that cost money. (laughs) 
And I go, yeah, yeah I make better food in, in you know, in my, right. on my grill, uh, <laughs> than what's here. But it's just crazy that that's the mindset too. I know there's yeah. no side stuff. Well, they blow but... their children's inheritance. Right. And what, right. Does like, that's the key what does a wise man do and in Proverbs? What does yeah. he do? He gives inheritance to who? His, his children. children and his children's yeah, children. His children. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and, and, and so like that's, like that's, that's a, the thing that we, we have to figure out. And I think what's happened now is like, you know, the younger generation has seen like that. You know the world that they live, they've inherited, is awful. Yeah, and they're angry um, at the generation that came before them. I think rightfully so in most cases. Um, uh, and, uh, and and I think now this is why you see a lot of Gen Z guys like watching Joe Rogan. Yeah, right, or watching Jordan Jordan Peterson because they're like, all right, I want to build something better. Yep, right, like that, like so that that should be. I think that's that is how it balances out. Like you have safety and comfort and then you have all these guys who, who like just destroyed the nation that they had. Yeah. And then now like the younger generation is like, all right, we got to get it back. Cause no, you're totally right. Cause I I'm going to school with, with dudes pretending to be a woman. And like, <laughs> right. I don't think that's like most, most yeah. of the younger generation thinks it's absurd. Yeah. Uncle Larry just had his period and you know, <laughs> what kind of world are we living in? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, what's crazy though, is I'm also seeing because of that, because of the past generations and a little bit to the extent millennials as well, too, after the boomers, the, the Gen Z guys are actually becoming a little more efficient and not quite as dependent upon material goods because they don't have access to them. They go, well, I, it's hard to buy a house. It's right. Maybe I go tiny house. I go more efficient in my personal life so that I can spend my time and money on this thing I'm building. Yeah. It's actually a blessing in disguise because yeah. I've seen some Gen Z's take that approach. Some, uh, you know, late teens, early twenties in that generation where they're going, yeah, we don't care if we live in a, in a 600 square foot house. Uh, me and my wife, we don't have kids right now, but we're going to put all our energies into this company we're building or this platform we're doing. Because they've seen the excess of the boomers and yeah. to some extent the millennials. Yeah. So I think it can be a blessing in disguise as well. Like you said, the, the, the skip a generation kind of balancing out yeah. what we've had for the previous 50 yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think that's what we're seeing, but we're also seeing like uh, a lot of those guys who are doing that tiny house stuff. They're, they're becoming content creators. They're focusing on stories yeah. and art and, uh, and, and they're figuring out ways to like, like go back to like monetizing your passion. Right. Like, so yeah. like that's, that's really like the key, the magic of, uh, of, of building a company is, is like, this is something like, like, like the, the, the curse has our, has been reversed. Right. Yeah. You know, Genesis six, when Noah gets off the ark, yeah. you know, God says no more. Well, I curse the ground on the, on account of man. Right. 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 So, so, so now it's all about just getting rid of the remnants of, of what was, what was done with Adam. Um, yeah. Christ died on the cross again. Uh, Christ died on the cross. He rose again. Um, and now, uh, we get to garden the earth. Right. And yeah. so this is like one of the things like, like AI is going to be a huge blessing, not a curse. Yeah. Uh, because, um, uh, because it's going to free us up from uh, uh, the hard labor of our hands, like right, like sure. it's gonna it's gonna relieve us from the suffering. Of, it's exactly what happens when Noah gets off the ark. God, you know, God says, relieve them from the suffering of uh, you know the, the work of their the painful work of their hands. Why do you, why do you think we have such a big swath of Western Christians, American Christians in the evangelical world that is just deathly scared of technology? 
Like every gener every, every 10 years. Christian is. I don't know if everyone. I every I mean every generation. Not every Christian. I mean, every every generation of Christians. They there's a fear it's of like, oh, something. Like scanners, the beast. Yeah. Uh, it's like oh, fax super, machines. They can beat us in chess. <laughs> now it's gonna, now it's AI yeah, self driving, yeah. and it goes. Well, AI is amazing. Aren't they just tools that the Lord gives us that yes. we can use for His glory? AI is AI is going to change the world like no one's ever seen before. It's not going to be changed in the way of the horror movies right. and, and the dystopian nightmare yeah. stuff. But like this, like this is like like looks, an AI preacher, dude. I think I think why well, I, I am. Uh, I'm just I'm just I'm just very much a futurist because I'm post mill. Mm -hmm. So I apply that to actual technology like george grant on the canon plus app has a really good that we were just listening to here on on the the industrial revolution yeah right like like he went back farther than like we know the industrial revolution but he went way back to like you know the navigators that were like christians and the, and they knew that like if if they wanted to have the greatest country in the world we had to be the best navigators of the sea so they yeah. developed like compass technology and mapping and like all this sort of stuff like it's always the Christians that pioneer the tech when you go through history, right? And then, yeah. you know, for we we had the printing press, and then we have, uh, uh, you the know, Morse code, the Enlightenment, the, telegraph. the sciences too were mostly Christian as well. The big, the big jumps in the sciences. Yeah, the big jumps in the sciences were. I can't remember yeah. what it's Pascal. called. Pascal, uh, yeah. but uh, uh, Newton's uh, uh, Newton. Yeah. Well, Pascal. no, his yeah, his last. Uh, oh, what is it? Uh, when he wrote when he wrote his thesis, it was actually a theological thesis. He was writing it. Oh, who, oh well, this is what happens. You know, turn the mics on, and I forget what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, Essentially, though, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, yes. yeah. But the, like the the creation, yeah. the the very first words on telegraph is uh, from scripture. Uh, what hath God wrought? Um, and yeah. then the very first transatlantic communication between uh, the president and the Queen of England was basically like made this technology be used for the furtherance of the gospel among all the nations and peace on earth. So why have we lost um, that as believers? Like we don't believe that we should be at the forefront of technology. No, we sold the, No, the, like the boomers, I go back to the boomers again. <laughs> they've sold it. They've Probably sold everything. They've sold everything they've, they've built, they've made. Wow. So like all the tech companies, we like every, like this is go back to the venture capitalists, right? Like okay. they're like, what's your exit plan? Like, well, yeah. how are you going to sell your company so I can get my money back? You know, it's like, uh, well, you know, I want my great grandchildren to benefit from this company, so I don't really want to. So that makes you harder to invest in. Wow. Uh, you know, so yeah. so like, you know, obviously you want the venture capitalists to make money. Yeah. Um, and like, of course, like you know, like when when you know when it when a when a when a uh, when someone invests in your company. They're they're saying I'm going to help you carry your burdens, yeah, and then in return you yeah. reward them for a based on the profits, yeah. right? So 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 see that's what investment is. It's carrying each other's burdens, and uh, and 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 so and, and so uh, through a company that doesn't exit, that that return is on profit, right? Mm -hmm. So so you'll you'll get that continually as long as you're you own equity in the company, you'll, yeah, you'll get you'll get profit uh, that way. And uh, for like the VC game, like that doesn't that they 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 got like a five year plan on every you know on every investment at yeah. least five years you know we, we got to try to figure out how to like maximize our return so exit sell it for ten x you know whatever but what's what that does is like we we've lost it like we don't own anything anymore we don't have we don't we don't own Google we don't own right. Amazon we don't own we don't own any of the big tech companies you know. And, uh, and, and so like, that's what we have to do is we have to figure out, well, how do we build companies where and the keep them, it sounds like where the only exit strategy is death.
<laughs> right? Like that's right. the exit strategy and an inheritance to your children. Yeah. Um, you know, and so like, like that's what, that's what, that's what we got to start building. And, yeah. and so like the investment Christian investors need to be more aware of that as like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm investing in your company and my great grandchildren may get profits yeah. from this investment later down the road. Right. Yeah. Like, but, 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 but the, the plan of like, I just got to get that investment within like five years. And so I'm expecting you to sell it. Yeah. Um, that's like not a good, like that's the way the world works and thinks, but I don't think that's the long-term Christian view of investment. Yeah. That's uh you don't want to invest in someone and carry their burdens with that investment, but then place a burden on them to basically not allow that company to go to their children yeah or the future generation yeah i'm just a little you know i like talking to you because i see out there and there's a lot of guys here at the fight left feast conference that are doing similar things in the way of entrepreneurship and you know like vc and all that stuff but um you know you're, you're basically out there practicing what you preach we need more christians doing that it irks me that we've just kind of given up industries. We think we're just consumers instead of creators. Um, we were made in the image of God. He yeah. is a creator. We should be creators, right? right? Um, I even see, too, I see a real need within, um, even within our reform circles of someone, uh, you know, financial investment and understanding trusts and the waterfall mm-hmm. effect. I mean, if the Rockefellers can, you know, get together, create a trust, buy cash value life insurance on each other, take out loans against that to build things and then pay it out where they just dump it back in. And it's literally called the the waterfall effect. It's 100 percent legal. And that's how they remain uh, multi, multi, multi billionaires in power, creating things. I don't see why we can't do that? Why, why don't we have Christians building that and going, okay, let's use the tools and the mechanism, the, the financial mechanisms of uh, the country to do those kind of things and pass on wealth. And like you said, the only exit strategy yeah. is death. Right. Yeah. You yeah. I, th- I, I think there's, there's a, I think it has to do with just the Christian pietistic mentality of, mm. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm just going to give this money, you know, to build the ark. Like we're here at the Ark County, right? Yeah, right, right. They're just gonna like just like just gonna raise all this money and just basically donation, yeah, right. Um, and 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 that like that's like some of the that's really good, yeah. Um, but but those same people that would give write a million dollar check for the Ark Encounter because it's evangelistic, yeah, uh, won't write a fifty thousand dollar check for an investment that they would lose money they might lose money on, right, right. <laughs> like yeah. like so I think there really is a reason. Uh, why in scripture, Jesus said, okay, in the canon, we have to put an investment parable in there yeah. about the coward who just buries his, uh, money in, in, in the sand. And, and, and obviously, because in that parable too, the one who gets praised took risk. That's right. We right. have to remember that. Right. Yeah. And I, and I, th- I think like, uh, you know, there, there's, uh, obviously there's a spiritual meaning for that parable, obviously. Yeah. But if the practical aspect, the temporal aspect of that yeah. isn't grounded in truth, then the spiritual part doesn't matter. Right. Um, so, so we know then that the, they, they, when God says, um, I could have made more money in a bank than giving it to you. <laughs> right. That doesn't mean we should yeah. put our money in the bank. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think like with interest rates are really high right now, like you make a lot of money in the bank right now. Um, you know, so, so like that's a real, like that's a real thing. But like if those, if that bank collapses, yeah. if the economy tanks, really your, your safe bet is in having your money in businesses. Yeah. Right. Not having it stored away at a bank. 
So you know what I didn't know. Side subject. Then we'll wrap this up here. But um, most regional banks don't hold any more than fifteen thousand dollars in cash in their vault. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Because I work in an industry where I might come in with thirty thousand dollars worth of checks and need five or so. You know, I don't, I'm not. Oh, paid, okay. Not paid weekly as a commercial right, right, or right. residential broker, right? It's like yeah. I could go two months without pay. Just yeah. Budget accordingly. Uh, and I've been in multiple times and they go, Oh, we got to order money from Brinks. We'll be next. You can come back in a few days if yeah. you want seven grand. And I go, Seven grand isn't that much money if you think right. about it, right? I mean, it sounds like right. but it's not, you know? And, uh, I checked around at other banks and go, Oh, yeah, we, we hold about 15,000. Anything other than that, we have to order. It takes two, three days and it's all on backlog and it's a very fragile system. The bank, well, I mean, I, it, you know, your buddy Jeff, uh, Durbin is, they, they've, yeah. They've talked about that at like like fractional banking and how right. you know, but people don't even realize that. Right. And I would say this: if you think you're going to make your retirement off of a five five percent return on a CD, dude, there's better ways to inv- come talk to me. First of all, I'll get yeah. you into real estate. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Right. I tell you what, you make five percent in real estate, you should get out of real estate. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. You better yeah. be making thirty to forty percent on your on your ROI. So. Um, but man, I love it. Thanks for stopping by again yeah, and talking to us. Um, obviously we're huge supporters. You tell everyone where they can find you. If they, you yeah, if you, go, if, you go, if you go, if you go to uh, lore.tv, mm-hmm. um, uh, you, you could go there and, uh, there's actually an investment, uh, tab. If you're yep. interested in investing in what we're building, we're raising venture capital right now. We spent three years, we've raised $850,000 total and we've launched the product. So we, I like to say we've kept every investor promise we've made. With nice. every check for the past three years, and we got the launch. Uh, and now, now it's all about okay. Now we need money just to grow the baby. Is now that it's born, yeah. Or we need to feed it. Um, and so that's where we're at, which is a good place to be. Yeah, not um, a lot of companies can. Say not that. a lot of companies can get to that point. And so that's just where we're at right now. And uh, it's just about just you know, yeah. just building and growing and scaling. So. Cool. Guys, thanks for listening to another episode. We're going to mash these all up. That was Marcus Pittman, Christian Movie, Shouldn't Suck, Lord.TV. Go check them out. Thanks, guys. My, I usually do this. What I do with my hands. Okay. I usually do this, and then uh, you know, uh, my leg falls asleep. What is I'm an old man now. I'm not. I'm not used to the. Okay, I'm doing. I'm doing this right here. You got here enough go. room? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, buddy. Oh, uh, let's just jump right into it because we're mashing these up, so it's going to be a fun, uh, <laughs> nice. Let's go. Episode. I'm ready. Oh, uh, Stuart, Kyle, what's up, guys? What's up, man? You're hanging out, buddy. I'm Thanks. only on my first cup of coffee, so I'm not quite. You're not quite. I'm not at yet. ten. I'm about nine. So we got a <laughs> we got a coffee here. We're ready to go. It's been I've, great hanging out with everybody this trip, man. I love being at the family uh, reunion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Doesn't it feel that way when yeah. you come to Fight Laugh Feast? Obviously, for those listening, we're uh, continuing our um, episodes at Fight Laugh Feast conference Cheers. at the Ark Encounter with Stuart and Kyle from Page Fifty. Great company. Been uh, awesome watching that. you. Um, just grow and what you guys are doing and bringing on new people, exploring new spaces. Amen. Obviously, if you guys have been listening for a while, you know, um, they, they partnered with the show in the past and we appreciate them. Yeah. Um, we got leads from that. 
Oh, good. We got, we good. got work from that. I'm like, glad that you was, got a couple. It was very cool, man. That is, is how it's supposed to work, right? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's been uh, it's been very good. It's the Lord's blessed. We've seen lots of uh, lots of fruit in the company, and so we're just kind of seeing what the next thing is at this phase. It's yeah. Been, it's been a very cool, very cool season. Give us the thirty second elevator pitch of what you guys do for those listening. I know we don't have a whole lot of time here, no, but we're going to okay. get into it. We're a full service marketing and media production company based in Southwest Louisiana. We like to do initial meets with a client, see what holes they might have in their marketing and media production systems, and then supplement fill yeah. those holes. There are some clients that we work full service front to back for them, and there are some clients that we step in and say, "Well, you've got you know these three things already going, but we can help you with SEO work or your user experience on your website is real poor, so that's causing you to have some abandoned cart issues. We can revamp it for you. Yeah. It just kind of works like that. We we recognize that um, people need assistance in these areas, yeah. and they often don't know what areas specifically they need assistance in. So we like to start off with kind of a consult, evaluation, and make some recommendations based on that. And obviously. We work with, you know, we work with just about anybody. We have been fired because we're, you know, not progressives. That's happened before. <laughs> Praise, um, God. Praise God. Amen. Uh, but we, our ideal client is Christians because we want to help people, you know, fight and build the kingdom and move sure. forward. So uh, if you're wanting to run for office, we want to help you. We've done that. If you're a that. Christian and if you want to run for office, yep. I should say, we want to help you. If you're a Christian and you're trying to build your business, we want to help you. Like, yeah, we're, we're willing like to it. come in what's, and put some stuff What's our batting average on uh, candidates? Because I feel like it's really high. For elections? Yeah. It's like, uh, so, <laughs> it's like 80%. Uh, for, oh, are you guys the rainmakers? Let oh. me say it this way. Kingmakers. Kingmakers? I'll say it this way. We've <laughs> The guy who came in to run with us because he was a Christian, because we were Christians, he did what we said, and he won by a landslide. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, we... Can you mention the name or no? Scott, know yeah, Scott, you're a... Yarbrough. He's like, yeah, we can mention these. Oh, dude, he's a politician. He wants you to mention his name. Yeah. There's no <laughs> such thing as bad publicity if you're po- an office manager. He, he ran for city council in a town of like, it's barely 4,000. Yeah, it's a small town. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, but they, it's a crazy story where the, the mayor and the previous city council basically ran off with a bunch of money. Yeah, it was so a wild. Their the police were shut down. Wild. Their fire was shut down. You said, you said it's a unique story, but it really isn't. Yeah, well, the, I'm yeah, just telling that. you in local. Well, hey, we, we got a guy here that I'm encouraging to run for county commissioner in Indiana, and he told me the story of what was going on with land purchases with ARPA funds. And I go, dude, that's the county over from me. I mean, it's just nonstop corruption at the local level. Yeah, people don't nice. people just don't know about it because they don't hear about it. They're right. not in it. Uh, you know, they have jobs and stuff. But right. circling right. back to what you I just said, circling back. Jesus, it's like I'm working for the White House press. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, but you're let's, actually let's, circling back. Yeah, I'm okay. actually circling yeah, back. I'm going to answer it. You made a very good point that I want to kind of uh, point out to people listening because I meet a lot of young guys that want to start businesses. Entrepreneurs kind of have a personality set anyway where they just really like to either be in control or do do those things. And sure. you always sure. hear, oh, you wear 50 hats. Let me tell you guys something. And I think you might agree with this. Like companies like yours, they get to the age of I'm 42. You start to realize it is more time effective, cost effective better for my company to let experts handle yes. certain parts of my business. Yes. If you, I, I don't, I yes. shouldn't be wearing 10 hats. No. I should be going to page 50 and go, look at, I need this off my plate. I need experts that do this every single day, all the time. Right. Tell me what I need to do and relinquish some of that control, which I also think is biblical too. Sometimes as entrepreneurs, when we want to yeah. control everything, want to it's a pride, it's kind of a pride issue for me. It has been, I'm not saying everyone. Well, and so, but, yeah. So like folks who are looking to step into the next phase of life, yeah. it is essential for them to like the fa- next phase of life of their business. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. essential for them to be able to delegate. 
If they, I thought you were going into a, you know, a morgue or you going into <laughs> funeral home planning. No. Well, if, if, they well can't, if they can't delegate. The next phase of life. Yeah. Yeah. If they can't delegate, yeah, right. yeah, they you. can't do the things that they're good at, and they're mm. never going to be able to grow beyond a certain point. Yeah. And for businesses who make, on average, a little bit more than a quarter million, half a million dollars a year, the, it's time for them to hand things off. And right. they're going to need to hand things off in order to grow properly, in order yeah. for them to kind of continue to advance the kingdom of Christ advance the cause, move forward. They yeah. need to be able to do that. And as contractors, we're the great in-between option. Mm. We're the permanent solution for a few things. Like most companies will never be able to afford to bring in a full-fledged high-production media production team. Right. Yeah. They're not going to be able to do it. But yeah. we can always provide that. Most companies are never going to be able to afford to have an in-house high-production search engine optimization team. They yeah. just can't. We can help them with that. Right. But there are certain things where it's like, hey, I'm too busy. I can't manage my socials right now. I need some professional assistance. Sweet. We'll come in with a 12-month contract, and then we'll offboard you when we're done. So now you have everything and handle it. We do that all the time. Yeah. We need somebody to give us a, a website that functions at a high level and generates quality quality user experience and good, like if it's e-commerce, good uh, high returns of our investment. Sweet. We can come in and do that for you, and then we'll yeah. hand it off to you, and it's your property. Not only that, but when you have a company that lives and breathes that sector, Yes, they they've got the uh, so they got the life hacks of everything of how to do it right. easier, smoother. Right? right, I had that experience myself. I was talking to someone. I said, "Oh, check this out. What I found, you know, this website that does." He goes, "We've been doing that for eight months, brother." Like, you're you behind. Know, like, you're behind, and I I'm, now <laughs> oh, no. I'm ahead of everyone else in my industry. Right, I'm behind by eight months in his industry because he goes, "Yeah, we would have implemented that eight months ago for you." That's just because I live and breathe this. So, right, um, I know I keep pressing on that, but it's been a really learning experience over the last five or six years for me to go let experts handle what they do and let right. them help you. That's right. why they're providing a service. You don't yeah. necessarily have to do it yourself, but Amen. to kind of uh, switch gears here, we're obviously at Fight Laugh Feast. What have been some uh, some of your favorite moments here? Uh, we haven't even asked that yet on any of the interviews, so what's any, been your experience? Anything from, from Doug? <laughs> well, we <laughs> know you're a Doug fanboy. We see the selfies. Oh, for sure. All right, we saw them. I, I, I finally worked up the courage to talk to him. Um, <laughs> Because I've been, I've, hey. I I take photos with like WWE guys and stuff, yeah. and then I'm still WWE scared to ask Doug. Guys yeah. Yeah. I've, got, I've got a photo yeah. with like Jake the Snake and yeah. you know all that stuff, and but yet Doug Wilson, I was like, ah. but, it is funny how we have those couple guys. Like I'm not a, yeah. you know, and I'm sure you're the same. I'm not a guy that gets awestruck or anything like that. But there's a few, and right. mine was James White because I grew up. Yeah. In my yeah. 20s, reading his books, and he really helped yeah. me through some reform stuff. And then you meet him and you go, you almost feel like you know him a little bit, too. Because, you know, now we know that hey, just men. Good to see <laughs> you again. By the yeah. way, the key, you don't know me. The key with <laughs> James White to get him to, you know, crack the ice with them. Yeah. Call, call him Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. My, my pastor's like friends White. with him. And oh, calls that's him, right. Jeff. Oh, my my pastor's that. friends with him and calls him Jimmy all the time. Yeah. So I refer to him as Jimmy. Well, it was nice because I went from kind of this guy who was far off to now after a few interviews and hanging out at conferences, they emailed me and they said, hey, would you do a, a couple minute video for his 40th anniversary of Alpha and Omega? Yeah. So then I just did a five oh, minute great. roast. I just roasted <laughs> them on video. And I was like, boy, has this come full circle? I like it. You know, <laughs> we, we should do that. There should be a Christian roast channel. I'm, I'm he, down. He, dude. Foskey should handle it. Yeah, Keith there could do is. that. There he is. Okay. Uh, you asked about favorite moments. I, I so Joe Rigney um, had a his conversation on creation. Um, he talked a little bit of that back a few months ago at Grace Agenda. So I heard yeah. like part one, part two. But that is so the whole idea yeah. of God creates and then immediate like not with any delay is immediately handing over dominion. 
yeah, for us to take over. And I think Doug's talk just now was kind of touching on that too. And I think that's great. Um, I also think we, we were talking about it. I think somebody mentioned in one of the talks the objective standards that God immediately imbues. So there's yeah. a morality standard. It was good immediately. Yeah. And so some of those like more those those things of th- this weekend six day creation kind of making that more solid and sure. less less story and allegorical obviously i mean we're all six yeah. creationists yeah. but i think the idea of making this more practical like yeah. this is actually what god's doing and it seems really subtle but that genesis one through three is so layered yeah it, it's like a deep rich ice cream and we just you kind of get past the story and you yeah. start reading on more narrow level and yeah. there's so much there well, we're yeah. teaching through genesis right now at our wednesday night bible study and it's it took us three weeks to get through the first two verses i think you know <laughs> right. like it yeah. was, it's just it's a lot whenever you get in there but for for me probably my favorite part is just it's seeing everybody again i know you know yeah. like that's, that's like coming my, back home for a couple days you know right i, I went to three so i think i've been to three talks so far maybe mm-hmm. three and a half yeah. or something like that or two and a half but i i do enjoy the talks i can look at them later it's nice to be in the room with everybody the singing yep. is phenomenal i love the singing i love the beer and psalms sure but the my high point is the fellowship is yeah. just being with everybody, getting to remember that there are people that are on the same mission that I'm on. Yeah. We're, we're looking to build the kingdom of Christ. We can encourage one another for a couple of days while we're here, and then we go back into our trenches, and we keep fighting. Like That's that's been my most exciting piece. No, I'm right there with you. I've always said that, and I think it's, it, it's good to do that as well, too. Uh, when you're in battle, you need those times of, you know, oh, there's other people, and you know, yeah. I'm using battle language, but it really is. I mean, we're in yeah. a culture now to where we have to define everything as well. Right. Just talking to a gentleman yesterday, Ligadier did their 10,000-person uh, survey, and 69% of people who identify as Christian don't believe that Christ was deity. So now Oof. even the word Christian has to be defined, right. evangelical, reform, right. Right, all these words. So when you get among 1,000, 1,500 brothers to where you're 99% there, and we're going to, you know, we're going right. to have our differences on some, sure. very, you know, maybe third third issues or tertiary yeah. issues but the fellowship is yeah. is so good so i you know i can hang out with you guys and see what you're doing in your part of the world and you know what I i'm get doing ideas and, you know ideas like yeah. so for example like i i saw you at flf last year you had your podcast booth here and i was like let's rip that off <laughs> genius <laughs> yeah. and i was like we're bringing everything yeah. let's go and so we've been running the same thing too like you you get inspired and motivated yeah. you get new ideas you you get encouraged by other people's stories, like yeah. like your county commissioner story. Right. Like, that was huge for me because in South Louisiana, I'm trying to to motivate our people to do the same thing. Hey, engage in local politics. Yeah, engage in the local spheres that the Lord's given you influence, and let's go fight. Like that's yeah, that's the kind that's of stuff good. that gets me jazzed. I'm ready. I'm ready to help people kind of keep pushing and moving in those directions. Can I? Actually, yeah. I, I want to contradict you on something in oh, a good sure. way. Okay. So you, you but you Uh-oh. mentioned like there, you know, there's there, these third tier issues. Yeah. Right. A lot of them are actually so. Like I was talking to um, Joel Webin and a few other people, and you know the. Baptist, oh well, that's your first problem. Well, Joel Webin's going to rot your brain. <laughs> Got to watch out for that Baptist brother. He is a Baptist. <laughs> Just but, we love Joel Webin. No, He's still sure. a Baptist yeah. Yeah, for now. Um, yeah, but he. Uh, but each year he gets a little closer. Don't worry, we'll bring him over. We'll You're watching. Over. Him. We'll get him in the You're CRC. keeping an eye. Yeah, but uh, but like the Baptist Baptist issue, the covenant yeah. issue, all yeah. that stuff is actually a big deal. It, yeah. it is sure, but nobody's sitting here like it's fight laugh feast. 
I think Ain't nobody fighting about it. And, and if we are, it's it's a jujitsu match. It's a wrestling match. Right, right, we're right. not we're not coming to blows over it. Right. Um. You know, but they're important issues, and they're being discussed in a, in a fun way, in a family way, sure. in a non contentious way. And I think that's something that's very encouraging about being here. Well, absolutely. The culture here is one of brotherhood. Yeah. Like clearly defined. And every now and then we might punch each other in the nose, but we're going to get a beer right after. You know, yeah, but like, who? If you ever had a brother, when did you guys not fight at least once? And right, then hug it out, and then and then you were okay, and then you become a little closer sometimes. Right. The problem is actually when men don't fight. Do <laughs> yes. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When, when they don't fight, and that tension just sits and sits and sits yeah. and sits and sits, and, and now you don't want to be around them anymore. Mm-hmm. And if I'll- you can get the courage to. To go and enjoy one another and, you know, knock each other around every now and then, but still be friends. Some of my dearest friends in our church, we have gone toe-to-toe hard. Yeah. And then we literally go out for lunch afterwards and we chat. (laughs) So, and I think this actually plays into a lot of the contemporary problems we're seeing, like, on Twitter and stuff like that, where these guys get in spats more than anything. Yeah. It's not that what they're talking about is important, It's but it comes across kind of... Uh, caddy, and yeah. I think part of that is so I grew up without a dad, and so I didn't have brothers. But when I was eighteen, I moved into a house with a bunch of dudes, and yeah. it was great. But I had to learn within the first six months of like when they're roasting me or picking on me or doing whatever, they don't hate me; they love me. Yeah. That's why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And I had to get over that. And I think there's a lot of guys that don't realize that when we're you know we're we're teasing and we're jesting, sure. we don't hate you; we love you. But yeah. that's how. You, but there's a guys, way that men operate. Yeah, yeah, men operate absolutely. In a certain dynamics. So uh, the online thing, and we're gonna we'll wrap this up so you guys sure. can grab some coffee. Um, I know we're on a quick break here, but the online thing I've said, if so, if someone's arguing about something and they're arguing with me or refuting me, one, I'll say, hey, if you're local, let's meet. Um, and no yeah, one ever takes great. me up on that. Let's go grab coffee. Or if they're not local, I say, hey, I'll send you a link. Let's talk face to face on Zoom or Streamyard. No. We're not recording anything. Yeah. We're not putting it out. But I, like, I want to see you as we talk about this yeah. issue. And ninety nine out of a hundred times, they they say no thanks. And it's like, okay, so we're in a generation two of like keyboard cowboys. You know what I mean? Where we're right. just arguing over things. Right. Where it's like, well, let's really work through it. And most people and, don't want to. And do that's that kind of my that. point about yeah. we we are in a fatherless generation. We're yeah. also in a brotherless generation. And that's, I think people don't know how to engage with that. And it might be, yeah. And especially when you're charitable like that. And it's like, hey, man, like, I love you. I just want to, let's just chat this out. Like, yeah. uh, and so, a lot of times these guys are alone in churches and they don't, you know. And people love anim, anim, yeah. anim, anonymity. Yeah. Anonymity. Yeah. Oh, they want to be no, anonymous, no. is yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. There it is. But, like, but like Debbie there. De- Mike Tyson. <laughs> what is the Mike Tyson? Me, have you guys ever seen that clip with Bush? That's my favorite clip of all time. George oh, W. Oh, yes. <laughs> Fool me once. Shame on. on the, uh, you fool me too. Fool. Well, you ain't what I'm saying is, once you get fooled, can't get fooled again. He just makes up a whole new saying. Yeah. Oh, it's the best clip. Go yeah. watch it. But so, like, that's how I felt there. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Stuart. Sorry. I've had some opportunities to engage with folks in online platforms, and one of them in particular was willing to continue the conversation. So there is some fruit to be had there. Like, we had them come to the office. We sat down in the studio. We recorded a podcast. She was a witch. And she, a literal witch, like wow. not like she was a witchy person. Like, no, yeah. like well, she, she also she was. practices it. <laughs> but we we were able to sit down and have a conversation about transgenderism. Yeah, and I think I was able to move the needle with her a little bit. Yeah. Like you can you can have the online presence that engages that moves people in a certain right. direction, and then you can follow it up. It can be done with an yeah. extended conversation. So it's it's cool to see that there's opportunities to move the gospel needle forward in the digital space as well. Yeah. And you can, it's good. I just got off of a, off of a talk with Keith Darrell and 
dude is name doing drop. phenomenal things. Is that a name drop? No, I, don't, I don't know if that's a name <laughs> I drop. I love Keith. He, he's so cool. And he's just he's going on college campuses proclaiming the truth, not Ooh. ashamed of it, and he has gospel seed planting opportunity and has seen fruit from it. I think, and I'm, I'm stealing this from Chocolate Knox. I think Christians got dominion to take in the digital space as yeah, well. Yeah, we can good. we can continue to move that needle and build the kingdom, and it'll translate into real life conversations too. Yeah, that's the, for sure. And on the marketing side, obviously, that's stuff we want to prioritize. And yeah, we oh, don't, yeah. We don't want to be, but like we were talking about this recently, we don't want to be clickbaity. We don't right. want to do like the uh, bait and I, switch. What, what's that? What's that big YouTuber, Mister um, Beast? Yeah, we don't oh, want to yeah. do the crap he does with. I mean, and he's proven the algorithm how it works sometimes. But we don't want to do that. We don't want to be clickbaity. We want to be genuine. Yeah. We want your business or whatever platform or whatever it is, and even just in you know personal interactions on social media, you want to be doing it in a way that's fruitful that Amen. bears the gospel, even in your conduct, not just what you're saying, but in your conduct online yeah. is to bear the gospel. My we, sister was just in a Mr. Beast video, and she was like, not all that he's cracked up to be. <laughs> They're terrible. They're not allowed deep. to look him in the eyes. He oh, doesn't talk not. to the crew when the cameras aren't rolling. You know, one of those. He's a diva. Weird. But all right, let's finish this out. Tell people where they can uh, find the new podcast. Give us like a little snippet on that real quick. The name of it. What oh, are you guys yeah. discussing? Uh, what so are you doing? We, are, we started the podcast to discuss uh, Christianity, faith. Uh, politics, business, business, all those different it. things. It's basically yeah. like a all encompassing. It's called the Parish Circuit. You can find it on YouTube or anywhere that you find podcasts. Yeah, uh, you can go to our website, page fifty dot com, p a g e f i f t y dot com, if you're looking for help in the business or political world with marketing things specifically, or even personally. Um, we have a philosophy: advice is always free. Yep. You know, we we want to help yeah. as much as we possibly can, and we have retainer clients that run from. Just the consulting level where we give them advice every couple of weeks all the way up to the high end, sure. thousands of dollars a month, and they're wanting a lot of production. So we want to see the kingdom of Christ advanced in every way possible. Yeah. And they, they were gracious enough to allow me on that podcast. So if you haven't heard enough of my voice on <laughs> we this, were you can hear you more. Can, we, you can go over there and hear me say the same things on a different shit. No, just <laughs> But you guys have had some good, good episodes coming out. Yeah. Shot beautifully. Oh, I, nice. I know it really is because I, I do be. this for fun. It's I'm not super professional, but when I there's something when you vis, see it visually shot and it's just and it's cut so nice. So your team over there is doing a great job. It, the engagement thing. is much longer. I'm telling you, yeah. if I actually put time into probably editing a little bit, my video, the video side of mine would probably the engagement would be higher. But I absolutely love watching something beautifully shot. It kind of draws me into the conversation. So kudos on that. that. Thank and you that just much. goes to show you said, oh, we had this idea. Well, when you do something, you do it 100 percent. You do it for the glory of God. You do it with quality, excellence. That's why we like you. Thank you. That's I why people listening that. should partner up with you guys. And by the way, that. it's parish because we're Louisianans, not, <laughs> not papists. Not papists. Yeah. yeah, we have parishes, not counties. Yeah. There we go, guys. Page 50. We got Stuart, Kyle. Make sure you guys go uh, follow them on social media. I'm going to link up where you can follow them at when you watch this or listen to it. And we'll be back with some more interviews. Today's the last day of Fight, Laugh, Feast. we got a couple lined up. I think we got Joel Webbin coming on. Um, I think Doug's going to stop by. Yes. Doug Wilson. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Cool. You don't get the good ones. Sai, you want to get in here? We got a fourth mic. Yeah. Hold on. There we go. We'll kill two birds with one stone. Here, let me not put my coffee right next to his uh, equipment. Yeah. yeah, let's just roll. So usually we do a little interview. Or, or do a little uh, intro, but I'm mashing these all up, so we'll just jump right in. Can you hear okay? I can hear fine. 
All right, give me a check in that. Side number four is check working one. good. Check, check, check one, check, check. Let, let's do the uh, Joel Olstein sound I, I check. Just, I'm very careful about saying who and would and wouldn't go to heaven. I just think that only God can judge a person's heart. Oh, I'm sorry, Larry. <laughs> I just. Oh, Larry, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know. I can't judge a person's heart. When's, when's Joel speaking? <laughs> yeah, yeah at the uh, conference. Cool. So we're back. We got a full, uh, full set here. We got Keith Foskey, everyone. Uh, say hello, Keith. Hello. He's been on a few times already. Uh, we got, uh, I'm just going to keep calling you Bigfoot Revival. Yeah. I know you're man alive now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, go ahead and introduce yeah. yourself. So I'm David Brock, formerly <laughs> Sasquatch from uh, Bigfoot Big, Revival. Yeah. But now I just go by my real name, David, and uh, <laughs> uh, we've revamped everything to man alive in Christ. So. And then we have Cy to the left of me. Cy, introduce yourself. Throw, throw it out there. Tell people what's going on. My name is Cy Tim Brookencape. I think I'm going to turn you up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Give Cy a little more. Cy doesn't yeah. have four. I, uh, Cy is three. Cy is three? Isn't he? Yeah. Check one. Check, check. How are we doing there? Cy, yeah, he's good. Somebody got turned up. Oh, we all got turned up. I did turn every, well in the, in the cans there. So this is, this, is, uh, these, this is why this is so fun because people watch the video and they kind of see how the sausage is made, me just scrambling around turning dials. But this is fun because you two... Haven't been on since the very first Fight Laugh Feast. That's where I okay. was introduced to you in person. Same as you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we have a very first time Fight Laugh Feast right here in Keith. So it's kind of like we got bookends on this thing, I man. That, I love it. I thought that was Doug Wilson. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. So let me, uh, how about we go this first, just since we're at the conference, maybe either Keith, you can tell us what you've kind of enjoyed about your first time, or maybe you guys can tell us what you've been doing the last four years since I've seen you. We could just go full circle here. Who wants to jump in? I'll go first. We, uh, you, I knew you would go first. You're very, you're very so, you're a social well, I butterfly. Was, I was, I was really just staring at him. Waiting I know. For we him all looked at him right. anyway. We said, and go when, ahead. When the opportunity avails. <laughs> Say something, pastor, funny man. <laughs> Well, I have enjoyed all of the speakers, and it's wonderful, and I just feel enlightened, edified, and yeah. encouraged. Yeah, absolutely. That's a three-point sermon for a Baptist. All of them start with an E. Yeah. <laughs> Alliteration. you got to do it. Alliteration. That's how I live. Right. <laughs> oh, Cy, catch us up on what you've been, what's been going on with you, brother. Um, I've been, um, yeah, all over the place. I spent yep. uh, last winter in Panama. I, uh, of course, born and raised in Canada. And, okay. Um, I'm sorry for that. And I used to love the winter, but you hear your whole life people complaining about the winter, so I'm tired of being cold. Yeah. I don't want to be cold anymore, so I'm thinking of spending uh, this coming up uh, winter in Panama again. But okay. after the yeah. conference, I'm going to go home for a little bit, and then I plan on uh, heading up to Moscow to hang with my boys. That's actually why I'm really at the conference, to hang with Marcus, who's in the next booth over there. Okay, you. yep. yep. And David, for those who aren't familiar, my film, How to Answer the Fool, David, uh, the chocolate knock, is the director of it. Okay. Marcus was the director of photography, so uh, I'm here really just to a lot say, of my friends. Say the name of the film again and where people can see it. It's How to Answer the Fool, and it's available on YouTube at the Dutch price. Very, the Dutch <laughs> price. So how do you answer a fool? Can you give us a little overview of what it's about stay with us we'll be right back this episode is brought to you by covenant real estate and why not it's my podcast and my real estate company but seriously i've absolutely enjoyed helping clients buy sell and invest in real estate over the last 12 years my brokerage serves clients in michigan and ohio with more states coming soon when I started this brokerage, I wanted to ensure that my expertise and knowledge would serve every one of my clients. I take my fiduciary responsibility to my clients very seriously. That's why I named it Covenant Real Estate. 
Not only is a covenant a contract in the legal sense, but it's also a solemn promise from myself to each of my clients. I will do my absolute best to serve you. It's also pretty cool that our name has some theological implications as well, which is a great conversation starter. And here's the best part. My agents and I have extensive experience in helping people buy and sell residential homes, buy and sell commercial properties, as well as investing in real estate and selling and purchasing recreational and vacant land. Covenant Real Estate can help you with all of your real estate needs, and I would love the opportunity to earn your business. So if you have real estate needs in Michigan or Ohio, call me at 734-731-GREG. That's 734-731-GREG. Or click on the link in the description of this podcast episode you're listening to right now. Remember, Covenant Real Estate. Confidence from contract to close. Well, um, for those who aren't familiar with the apologetics that I teach, I'm what you call a presuppositionalist. And I would say uh, the high percentage of um, Christians in the 99 percentile are what you would call evidence. Evident, yeah. So if somebody would say that they don't believe in God and you present them with evidence, you'd be an evidentialist. But then I ask the person, where do you hear the term evidence most often in the world? You hear it you know, all over the place, science and that, but you hear it in a court of law. Yeah. And my question is, who do you present evidence to in the court of law? You present it to the judge and jury. So if an unbeliever comes up to you and says, I don't believe in God, and you present them with evidence for the existence of God, who are you saying is the judge and jury? Them. Yeah, them. Yeah. And in what seat do we put the Lord of glory? We put him in the criminal's box, and we mm. try and acquit him. Now, wow. the thing is, God has given us wonderful evidence for his existence. We can win that argument. Right. But the yeah. problem is, who's the judge? The right. unbeliever is still the judge. No, Scripture says that the unbelievers are without excuse for their sin against the God that they know exists. Amen. So rather than prove that God exists to the people, I expose the fact that they already know and they're suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. I absolutely love that because for a, for a long time, and maybe you guys can speak to this too, um, there, we had, you know, presuppositionalists, it's out there, it's a position, but it was just kind of shrouded in confusion and not a lot of people are talking about it. You're one of the guys who brought it to the forefront. Obviously, James White is a guy who talks about it a lot. And, and it's nice to kind of, okay, let, let's explore this because I've talked to people about it and they go, oh yeah, that is how I believe, but I didn't know there was a term or what, what it really was. We've just been so ingrained with the evidentialist, right? Yeah. The, the, you know, the fossil record and the, and the, and, you know, the beginning of the universe and we have this proof and that proof. And I, we're not anti evidence though, right? I mean, we're we love ultimate, evidence. I love ulti- when the. We're the ultimate evidentialists because we say <laughs> right. all evidence points to God, but we don't present evidence to try and convince Vince, somebody right. what the Bible says they already know. So my question is to the unbeliever I say, which evidence would convince you of the God who says you already have enough evidence? <laughs> right. And if they give me a piece of evidence, I say, no, you didn't understand the question. Right. What evidence would convince you of the God who says you already have enough? Right. Yeah. No evidence could convince a person of that God. Right. Yeah, yeah. Your, your movie was hugely uh, helpful for me. I've shown it at our church. I've taught through your method, if you will. And and you said you're friends with Eric Hoven, right? Yeah, he's a dear, yeah, dear brother of mine. Yeah, well, and he's he's preached at our church, and he told me that he went to the Reason Rally in uh, in Washington. Yeah, I was with him. Were you with him? He said they, he asked people if you if it could be proved beyond shadow of a doubt that God exists, would you worship Him? And he said the, the vast majority said no. Yeah. If you see and how to answer <laughs> right. the fool, yeah. if you well, see and how to answer the fool, somebody asking Aaron Ra and those questions, that's Eric Hoven. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's actually in the film. I, oh, you know, I, you're right. I when, forgot about that. When we go to the abortion meals uh, in in Wilmington. Uh, a lot of the th- well, a lot of what comes out is 
your God doesn't exist. And my response is, he does. You know he does, and that's why you're angry at him. Amen. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that you want to see somebody turn red-faced and, and, and furious because they know they're angry at him. I mean, yeah. they, they know it. And, and, and when you point that out to them, they don't, they don't know how to logically respond. It's, it's emotional-driven. Yeah. Right. Kind of like the memes floating around, the, the atheists that are angry at the God that doesn't exist, right? It's like, yeah. geez, if he doesn't exist, why are you guys so upset about this? Exactly. They say <laughs> he doesn't exist, and they hate him. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we can find that on YouTube for you. Keith, what do you got going on on the channel? I know you got some new stuff cooking uh, here, maybe. Can you give us a sneak peek, or don't, don't tell too much, because you're gonna, I think you're going to premiere a, something new on your channel. Well, by, uh, the, by the time yours goes out, it will have already gone out. But okay. today I'm going to be walking around the uh, complex of the Ark in the different characters that I play, filming a <laughs> denominational meeting. I don't know if you've seen any of those, side that I do. No. I, do a, I do a comedy show called Interdenominational Meetings, where I play different. I play a Baptist, a Presbyterian, a Methodist, and the, Methodist, the Methodist is special, and, he's, <laughs> and he loves the rainbow. He loves yeah, that, rain, that rainbow. <laughs> so, uh, hallway, yeah. so anyway, so I do this little comedy skit, and so I'm going to be filming that later. Okay, today. so he won't say it. Keith won't. He says this little comedy skit, but let me just tell you something. Uh, John and I, who came with me, we've been walking around with this like little mini rock star every five feet. Hey, can I get a selfie with you? Oh, man, are you Keith Fosky? Oh, he's, you know, millions of views on TikTok and all this. So he's this phenomenon right now where uh, I don't like it. I, I don't like it one bit. Um, I was going to say I liked him a lot more before he came here and he had to start signing autographs and charging for pictures. I mean, we were walking next to Doug and three people no, <laughs> came up to Keith before they came, you know. But um, they're very popular and they're funny. That's why I'm just yeah. giving you a compliment. Well, I'm being, know. you know, I'm being facetious. But well, the only reason I'm popular here is because <laughs> Doug, the, the the Harbor Freight Doug. Yeah, people love the Harbor Freight Doug. I pretend to be Doug Wilson, but the off-brand Doug Wilson. I think I'll have to start a TikTok. There's uh, a couple of people who have taken clips from my debate with Matt Delahunty, and at the end, I do a refutation of Islam. Yeah. And there's this fellow. I think it's called Daily Dose of Wisdom. He made a short of it. Yeah, a couple months ago he posted eight million views. Yeah, oh, it's crazy. crazy. So it's crazy. I, I think it's a good avenue, but I think a lot of uh, Muslims are going there to try and refute the argument. They never do though, because yeah. it's an irrefutable right. argument. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you, Sai, since you do a, a lot of that kind of uh, street evangelism and, and stuff like that, what's the number one thing that, let's say, someone's listening right now? And they run into someone on the street or in a social event or something like that, and they're starting to witness. Outside of giving them the gospel, what is usually the, the either the best in or something that you can bring up to get someone really thinking about God or who God is or why they need salvation? How like the icebreakers? I'm kind of thinking because I've, I've seen guys like you, guys like Jeff Durbin, um, some of these other guys, open air theology like Jeffrey Rice. They were just really good at kind of getting in there right away and getting to the point to where I think it's a really it's a skill is what it is. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm quite introverted. So there are other people who are a lot better at it than I am. But I remember years ago, I was going out door to door with this church and people were knocking on the door and they were talking to these people that had all sorts of questions and said, oh, by the way, if you want to continue this conversation, we have pizza down at the church, you know, on the, <laughs> and, food. And I okay. said to them, I said to them. This is exactly what I talk against in my film. Yeah. I say, we have something a lot better than pizza at the church. And the problem is they show up at the church, 
And you give them pizza and you say, okay, we're going to give you a gospel presentation. So say, oh, you didn't want to feed us. You just want to dupe right. us with it. So it's a bait and switch. Bait and switch, yeah. yeah. So I like to go there and say, look, we're really concerned about you and uh, the community here. And we love you. And we, we want to know where do you believe that you're going to die? Yeah. And that's a, that gets Get right, right to it. into it. And so, you know, sometimes on the street as well, I remember I was with this pastor and he was a whole long conversation and really not getting anywhere. And I said, you know, there's a bus going by here. That thing jumped the curb and took you out. Where do you think you're going? Yeah. Yeah. Get right to the point. And then often they say, well, I think I would have him because of this. And then you could have that conversation. Oh, by the way, if you want to continue that conversation. (laughs) 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 So, David, tell us as we wrap this up, tell us a little bit about uh, Man Alive and what you guys are doing on that podcast. So Man Alive uh, developed out of Bigfoot Revival. Bigfoot Revival um, was a podcast that we did for four or five, four years, I think. Yeah. And um, uh, absolutely loved it. And and uh, I was abandoned. And, uh, Abandoned I, by yeah, your co-host. Yeah, huh? I want him to hear this too. So, <laughs> for a woman, for a oh, woman, he geez. got married. <laughs> the gall. That, that's the way it goes. So, uh, <laughs> so anyways, you would leave this uh, handsome thing for a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who legitimately. Thank God he did. <laughs> Sasquatch. Yeah. Um, and so when we revamped it, and uh, I got a new co-host, and um, we thought about the Bigfoot thing. And because we were getting a lot of things that said, uh, hey, Bigfoot's demonic. And we're right. like, oh, he is. <laughs> like, like <laughs> we didn't know he existed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, for us, it was just a thing because we're big outdoorsmen guys. Uh, yeah. Well, our stick was we always wore flannel. So when we came to the conferences and stuff, we we like I'm I'm actually dressed up. Normally, I just would wear my flannel and yeah and uh, jeans and. Hey, you looking good today, brother. Uh, I like that, this. Yeah, this is preacher mode. I like the and, new uh, look. And which so, which I have heard with the with a Bigfoot being demonic, I heard he's assemblies of God. So I mean, it's, I, you know, it's close. It, and and I, I heard be- it was that Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh my cousin. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so you guys switched the so, name because yep, people yep. were really concerned about yep, it. Like, people people legitimately would not listen to it because it had the word Bigfoot in it, and he's demonic and uh, that kind of thing. So. Uh, we went to Man Alive, Man Alive in Christ. We wanted to push the idea that we were we were men who are supposed to be uh, joyful. We yeah. are supposed to be living for for Christ, and we're able to do that because of Christ. Yeah. And so we're we're men alive in Christ, um, and and that's really the the thing we want to push. Kind of that uh, uh, post meal theology that um, that type of mentality that the church wins, and that we are we're not we're going into battle smiling we're not going to go into battle uh you know with frowns and just oh the oh everything's just horrible oh look at you know look at who the president is you know oh you know (laughs) and that's and and we that's the way we go around the world and 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 in reality it's like we should be the happiest people you've ever met because our because our christ is king and, and he's ruling on high yeah, and so we should we should be uh, uh, cheerf- cheerful warriors and not yeah. a bunch of uh, Debbie Downers, and and that's the yeah. way we we no, kind of good. wanted to direct the podcast. So I had I, no idea I was on with the post millennialist. I have to leave. I, I gotta go. Us Amels get we gotta yeah. go. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, one day you'll become biblical, I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> they call me Grumpy Amil or Gr- Grumpy Postman. Grumpy Postman. Yeah, I saw your debate with the real <laughs> Doug Wilson. That was good. My favorite part was when Doug was like, "I did look up your position on Wikipedia in preparation for this debate." What you don't know about that, and I don't mean it, is five minutes before the episode. Yeah, he and I were talking, 
and, and, and he was so sweet and kind to me beforehand. And I said, I said, I did a lot to prepare for this. I didn't want to look like an idiot. And he said, I didn't prepare. I didn't prepare. Yeah. So what he said, yeah, I went well, on Wikipedia. That was his. That was that his was a okay. shot at me. There you go. Because I was like, I did all this preparation. Well, I mean, he's got he's got a few years on you, right? You know, it's he's, he's been, been doing in ministry it, longer than I've been. Well, as long as I've yeah. been alive. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to our friend Pastor Tim Bushong who uh, moderated that exchange. Yes. A dear brother. Oh yeah. I'd love to see him here. I haven't seen him in a while, but I uh, love that brother. That was my first introduction to him. I'm not too familiar uh, with what is. It? So he's a pastor. And he's a musician. A musician. It, it, very talented. He listen to uh, Dr. White's um, uh, Radio Free Geneva. Okay. He does the music for that. Oh, okay. Yeah, he does. There some, we go. He is an amazing musician. And my um, How to Answer, um, Matt Walsh. I do How to Answer. And, and the intro music for that, that was also Tim Bush. Awesome. Excellent. Love that, brother. All right. So we'll, we'll fit, we, we touched on this. Uh, so let's finish this out. But uh, And this might go longer than we wanted. But So what is Bigfoot then? What do we think Bigfoot is? Is it something spiritual? Is it something physical? Is it a myth? I just watched um, Haunted Cosmos. Me too. So he's a demon. He's a demon. Everything on Haunted Cosmos turns into a demon. (laughs) (laughs) It's Bigfoot, it's the aliens, and it's the Illuminati. They're all together. Well, I mean, it's kind of crazy because there's a a deep, rich kind of mythology in Native American culture, too, to where it goes back. Yeah. Uh, you know, a thousand years of I, I it think, appearing out of nowhere. And, you know, me personally, I think that a uh, man wants to uh, find something that is like him in mm. the universe. Yeah. And there's nothing like us in the universe because we're made in the image of God. Yeah. And so, but, but the lost man wants to find something like him. And um, so you, so when there's a bump in the night, you think it's a monster. Yeah. And, and you notice all these things that are, that are like Bigfoot, like the aliens. Have four, um, you know, they have two legs, two arms, yeah, a head. bipeds, all that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's that's my personal opinion. Um, uh, as I've heard one time before, I will change that if God shows me that I am wrong. <laughs> I will change in midair. So what do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Just a, just a regular myth? Just a, yeah. one of those things that yeah, gets highly, passed down through generations? Yeah, I'm highly skeptical of those type of... Uh, <laughs> you didn't know you had to come on here and answer Bigfoot questions. <laughs> we like to take learned men, and uh, I like to bring them all the way down low. This, this is the first time I've ever met Desai. And, uh, oh, so he's awesome. I, I apologize right off the bat <laughs> that I've put you in this situation. Not a, a great brother. I've known Sai since since when? Middle, what was the, where, where were we at in Florida? Milton. Oh, Milton. Milton yeah, that, was Florida. A, that was a lot while yeah. ago. 2014, I believe. Yeah. Wow, cool. What about you? You're not getting out of this. You got to make a statement here. What do you think? Bigfoot's my cousin. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make you a shirt that says that. Dude, I got Bigfoot more hair than kid. Bigfoot on my back. <laughs> he's, he's, the, he's the Harbor Freight Bigfoot. He's the Harbor Freight Bigfoot. You know what you're doing? Yeah. Oh, I had a terrible joke. I'm going to leave it out. Are you going to leave it out? Yeah. Well, don't say it. Don't say it. It's it's funny because what I like to do with Keith is I know he, he's, I mean, obviously, man of God. He's a pastor. He's a great example. But sometimes I just like to say little comedic things to see if I can just draw just the borderline out of him. And you see his brain working and he's like, yeah, can't can't say that. Can't do. No. It's not nothing sinful but it's like it's a little too far well, for my be. and that's what i'm always trying to get out of like well, come on let's push that pastor right to the edge so his congregation goes wait what did he say <laughs> my congregation might be watching <laughs> no he doesn't say anything inappropriate we, i'm just kidding it's, but, I, uh, <laughs> but i i think bigfoot is uh, a fun story yeah i think it's fun i think it's funny to think that there's something out there kind of like arminianism yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I like the Harry and the Hendersons version. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like there's just these these animals that just like are just, you know, big like ape creatures that are yeah. just so elusive, but they don't know it. Like they don't know that they're hiding. They just, <laughs> there you go. They just been hiding because they don't know. They don't, they don't care. You could have had the trombone music with that guy. Yeah. You know, boom, 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 boom. I mean, just <laughs> Bigfoot is just trying to take the spotlight away from Nessie. From uh, no, I'm a, I'm a hundred percent Loch Ness monster. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of pictures Look, of that. I, I went to uh, the Creation Museum. It's just a, it's just a dinosaur. It's a dragon. It. Yeah, I believe in dinosaurs. I believe in dinosaurs today, and I don't believe they're roosters. Some well, people believe chickens are dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. The uh, Well, I mean, the, uh, the the vast amount of writings and drawings and stuff with dinosaurs existing with man, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. You want to go down a rabbit hole, and we'll finish this up uh, so you guys can get back to the sessions, but you want to go down a rabbit hole, go down to what the Smithsonian has done to uh, giant bones, fossil records. They buy it up, and they hide it in southern Ohio, and they don't let anyone see it. It's in a big no, vault. No, 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 no. You can't tell me that, and then it would stop. We're going to haunted cosmos. We're coming for you. So so there's, there's stuff it's in nuts, the vault. dude. It's nuts. They have they have uh, more, more fossils than any other organization in the world. They go to auctions. They buy anything that's obscure. They have, you know, they have multiple 12 to 14 foot giant whole skeletons of giants found in Southern Ohio, Utah, Oklahoma. And it's just under lock and key and no one yeah. gets to see it. And it, just Google Smithsonian on YouTube, you know, has bones and fossils and it's insane. Uh, and no one really talks about it, but it's because in because this is this isn't a Christian now, is believer real, creation is, thing. Secular archaeologists who veer from the agenda of what we say, how old the Earth is, like Graham Hancock, for instance. Mm-hmm. He goes, "No, the Earth is younger, and we had an advanced civilization six thousand years ago." And he's a Buddhist. Okay, he's not a Christian. He's not a young Earth. He gets banned from from uh, conferences. They go, "No, look at the Earth is this. It really is a cult." I mean, Doug hit on a little bit. It's this age. There was no giants. There's no, you know, dinosaurs are this far. But it's just very um, interesting because the Smithsonian, which is considered a nonprofit, but gets millions of dollars in funding from um, federal agencies. Like PBS. Yep. Buys it up, puts it under lock and key. You don't know about it. Now, I know that sounds a little conspiracy theory, but that's, that's I also what believe I what the Bible you. says. Is there's it, there's is stuff that... in the Bible that talks about giants and Different, you know, different types of yeah. that we should have but a fossil. As far as the Smithsonian, now, is yeah. this real or did you learn this from the History Channel? <laughs> yeah, the History Channel isn't. Uh, yeah, isn't anything official? Yeah, no, I, love, so, I, 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 I like talking to these guys who are um, History Channel um, uh, no, theologians. So, so where they talk about, do you know about Lilith? <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, oh, I'm yeah. A, I just Eve. Yeah, the other night on Wednesday night Bible study, I brought up Lilith just because we were talking about Eve and Adam. Uh-huh. We were talking about marriage, Adam and Eve, first ma- first marriage, right? And and I said some people believe in a mythical character called Lilith. Yeah. And I thought about Lilith Fair. You know, what Lilith Fair is <laughs> the Lilith Fair was the the female empowerment conference that, or female empowerment concert in the nineties yeah. called Lilith Fair. Had like Alana Moore said and all those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sarah McLaughlin would be there. <laughs> I hate to burst your bubble, but I'm not young Earth. The the Earth is the old, oldest thing I know. I've never seen anything like that older. you know personally. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that yeah. I'm in contact with that has the most amount of age would be the Earth. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm, and that's pretty old. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. Six to 10,000. Yeah. But on the Smithsonian thing, you can go find articles where they go and they buy it at auction or they seek out and, you know, but then it just, so it gets like one little blip so of, oh, they found this thing and then you never see it again. It's not on display anywhere. And they just yeah. keep it under lock and key because they want to keep the narrative of what mainstream archaeology and, you know. And that's where Bigfoot is? It's where the Ark of the Covenant is. Too. It's where, the, the, Ark it's the, where yeah. the Ark of the Covenant is. We got Ken Ham's Ark here. They got the Ark of the Covenant there. There you go. Does Indiana Jones work for them still? <laughs> All right, guys, let's finish it up here. Uh, uh, Cy, Keith, David, thanks so much for joining us here. I'm going to make sure we link this all up, guys, so you guys can follow these guys, check out their ministries, see what they're doing online. I want you to um, support each one of these brothers, obviously, because um, they are brothers, and uh, we love them. All right, guys, see you in the next one. Bye. Thanks, brother. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I we'll love just... this. I love this app, dude. That's so awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, we'll get right into it. Uh, Gabe, how you doing, brother? Man, I'm good. It's uh, three <laughs> days into the conference, four days into the conference because we started on Wednesday night. You can uh, say for you, it's like six or seven days I, in. Don't you guys hey, fly in a little Tuesday. early? And... We got okay, here on okay, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. It's not too bad. And I'm, uh, you know, I come from Pacific time zone, and now I'm on Eastern time zone. So oh, I, I think I'm just now getting adjusted, and then I leave 4 a.m. tomorrow to. Oh my god! Go back home. So yeah, so you're coasting, but it's been great. Uh, obviously, Gabe Wrench, everyone, you guys know him from One Third Across Politic. You know him as the uh, CEO of Pengo Media, an all around good dude. Been on the pod before, but um. Yeah, what a what a great uh, conference! Another one, almost in the books. Yeah, you guys yeah, have successfully number, been number doing five, this four, five and four years. Oh yeah, five because you had one uh, South Dakota. I, I well, I, got, I made the one in South Dakota, but there was one I think that I didn't make in Texas, maybe or no, no, no. Nope. There was like a uh, three. We've been in Tennessee, one in uh, South Dakota. Oh, so I've now, been to all of them. Here okay, Kentucky. have yeah, you yeah. been all the, the last four? Yeah, yep, you, so I've been all. You, you came to our Franklin one, which is our first one the, on the green. And it was, turf. yep. And I tell the story every time you guys put us right at the door and I had 800 people come up and go, Oh, this is your guys' conference. This is great. Went, no, 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 no. We just happened to bring podcasts. Come and Gabe, let us uh, podcast. But yeah. No, it's these guys. Yeah. Uh, but You're one man, of us. You're one of us. Yeah. But what a great, what a great idea. I mean, that one was special too, because people were just kind of fed up. They were yeah. like, we need something to do. And you guys were like, Hey, we're well, doing the conference. Shut down. That yeah, that's what I mean. Shutdown. Yeah. 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 And I remember, uh, if, uh, I can't remember if I've told the story on here before, but uh, in uh, that was 2020. That was October 2020. We were one of the only conferences in person in October 2020. Yeah, and probably I mean, in pe- the nation, <laughs> pagan or not, it didn't matter, yeah. Christian or not. Yeah, and uh, we in September, I had signed a contract with an event center in February of 2020. Oh, that was right before everything went down. No one, no one knew it was coming. Yeah, and it was a it was a good event center. Would handle yeah. everything we wanted, had all the details we wanted. Yeah. And and then three weeks before, four weeks before the event, they canceled on us. Yeah. Because it was in Nashville and they had, you know, there's a nonprofit and they just didn't want to take the risk. Yeah. And I told yeah. them, I, I mean, I told him, I was like, dude, I will pay your thousand dollar day fine. I don't care. Right. And and he's like, my, my, my board won't let me. Yeah. And so we ended up, you know, we kind of got kicked to the curb. Yeah. I had a thousand people coming. Right, and three weeks later, three yeah, weeks people later, coming in. I had to find a new location that wow. wasn't shut down and that would handle a thousand people. And the only location that we could find, by the grace of God, was that uh, indoor soccer turf arena. Yeah, 
And so we moved a thousand people in, you know, three, four weeks over to the indoor soccer arena. We had to find now we were stuck with, we had to find a stage, sound, speakers, all that stuff, all that stuff, um, chairs. I mean, everything. Yeah. Uh, instead of the previous location that had that all baked into the cake. And, uh, and so it was great. It was wonderful. I, I mean, I'll never forget that experience. Uh, I mean, I think most people never forget 2020, but that particular experience when we got there, I remember it was Thursday night kind of walking into the, you know, arena, indoor soccer turf arena and seeing all these people. And I mean, like a couple of people, some of the people were a little emotional because they hadn't worshiped together yep. in six months or yeah. they had to wear a mask or worship, whatever, whatever shutdown they were experiencing. They weren't experiencing it on the yeah. turf there. Yeah. And it was just a beautiful uh, it was, conference. Yeah, it was a beautiful diff, experience. Diff, different experience, different That's level right. for sure. I, I I talked to people who been to that first one, and they said, yeah, we've never really been to an indoor soccer. It was just special. Yeah. So we know all the behind-the-scenes stuff that you have to do, which I want to touch on a little bit because I don't think people understand the undertaking it is to do a conference like this. Yeah. But when I talk to people, they just go, no, that was special. So it was it, providence of the Lord. It was yeah. where it was supposed to be at, yeah. uh, and it was awesome. That was in 2020. You guys have been going strong since then. Um and it does. It takes a lot of work yeah. to do something mm-hmm. like this. I mean, you yeah. got, I don't know how many vendors we have here. We probably have. We got about uh, 40 to 50 40, vendors. 40, 50 I don't vendors. Know the final numbers, but we're uh, above 40. So 40, yeah, 50. Uh, essentially, four day conference, including Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. um, multiple speakers, which the speakers have been phenomenal as usual. And like I was telling you a few weeks ago when uh, you guys were on, it's a subject that needs to be talked about. Yeah. Right. right. Um, yep. Because, and, and you guys hit on, I knew yeah. we were going to hit it on it this way, but it's like, we have a lot of Christians that just say, ah, well, it's kind of like their eschatology. It'll pan out. They're like, ah, well, maybe it's, it is, maybe creation isn't six days. What, what does it yeah. matter? And it's like, everything goes yeah, back right. to the root of that. Everything right. you believe in is what right. God says true or right. not, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's been a great, uh, great conference. Well, but, I love, I love Doug's point about like this, this whole conversation, you know, is six day creation true or not? Well, if you take some sort of gap theory, some sort of evolutionary framework and apply it to God that he created it through this process or whatever, yeah, you the, the fundamental problem, you, you fundamentally have a logic problem. Yeah. And that logic problem is that, okay, if the earth evolved over millions of years to, you know, get to humans basically, or get to this kind of satiant human being, you know, state that we're in, right. You, you, had death before sin. Yeah. Death came before sin. Adam and Eve, you know, didn't evolve for millions of years later or whatever. Whatever that gap theory is, there's there's variations. I'm not trying to um, say there's all one theory here. But whatever that theory is, you still have a problem of death before sin. Yeah. And, you know, and that's not going to happen in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. There's not going to be death in heaven uh, when we're all saved and forgiven. Yeah. And so there's a massive logic problem there. There's also a number of good answers to that whole question but that's why i think this conference is so important is because i would love both our scientists here ken ham and dr gordon wilson are like bible first absolutely bible uh science submits to bible how about the clip that uh ham showed with william lane craig i've never even seen that neither have i you know what i mean and i just it it hurt my heart because i like william lane craig he's got some he's been on shapiro and he tries to argue for christ and all that And, and but just to go and it almost felt as if an era of it, it is. Mm-hmm. You you become embarrassed. You want mm-hmm. to bow to the culture of right. secular science and go, oh, what God said isn't really true. And That's we right. got to try to make it work. But like yeah. uh, Pastor Doug has said, then you're yeah. adding in. You're going through that. Uh, you're going through the lens of yeah. sec- the secular culture to interpret the Bible. We just yeah. can't do that. It, it, that. Those clips that Ken Ham played, well, it'll be, they'll be in our club portal. Um, so those yeah. who have the Fight, Laugh, Feast app or can go online in the club portal and see what Ken Ham was talking about. But he, he had these... Um, egregious clips 
yeah. from William Lane Craig, basically arguing. I'm summarizing, but this isn't yeah. this isn't off. This isn't a hyperbole. Basically, arguing that Christians are uh, who believe in six day creation are giving the Christian faith a bad name. Yeah. Yeah. And they, oh, they need to, they need to stop. Not only I'm arguing for theistic evolution or something of that nature or gap theory, but they need to stop. He basically was saying they need to to stop propagating this six day creation. It makes us look crazy and insane. And you go, oh, geez, do you stand on the word of God or not? And like I've said before, all you have to do is just go below the surface a little bit. And there, if if you want evidence, there's a mound of evidence for young earth. Right. Um, So much. I know. As so both much. Ken Ham and Dr. Gordon Wilson showed us. Yeah, and oh, they were absolutely. just scratching the surface. That's what I mean. Yeah. And you even have secular archaeologists and biologists like Graham Hancock, for instance, a Hindu. I believe he's Hindu. Uh, not a Christian. Um, you, you know, evolutionist. And he even goes, oh, no, I've been kicked out of archaeologist groups if I argue for a 10,000-year Earth. Wow. Because he goes, there's so much evidence. And yeah. and he's, just, he's secular. Yeah. He's not even standing on the Word of God and just going, it's just this weird thing where they have a narrative. The archaeologist, yeah. the biologist, the evolutionist, yeah. you can't go outside of that mainstream thought yeah. or your pa- papers don't get published, yeah. right? And Millions it's, of dollars yeah. are on that narrative. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. There was a point, too, where... Um, Oh, who, who said the clip? And guys, uh, you can find all these talks if you're a Fight, Laugh, Feast member, which I would advise you. Yeah. Go throw a couple bucks in there. Become a monthly member. Look, yeah. you're going to spend $5 on a coffee. Go spend right. $15, yeah. $10, $15 at Fight, Laugh, Feast That's every right. month. It's, it's ridiculous if you're not doing it because there's a lot of good content there. And you can see all this stuff that we're talking about. There was someone that said something about, um, it was at the very beginning, and I took a picture of the quote of, we have to have billions of years because time is the great kind of crutch. Yep. Well, if yep. we can just say billions, we don't have to explain anything. The big yep. bang, the um, from one cell to, you know, human, we just go, "Oh, time did it." Yep. Time did it. Mm-hmm. And it's really a lazy way to do science because yep. when you talk and actually dig down on that to uh, people who have that uh, view of billions of years and over time and evolution, there really is no explanation. Even Darwin's theory, he yeah. said at the end of his life, this doesn't really explain a whole lot. I, I got, no, he really did. Yeah, There's yeah, articles of going, that, yeah. it was just, I, yeah. I, I, I tried to explain a little small step in, in this process. In process. And uh, so it's this weird thing where, you know, you have people as believers feel like, oh, well, we don't have science on our side, or I feel weird saying, and it's like, well, no, um, you've got a group of people who just go, oh, time did it. We don't really know how, yeah. but over millions and millions and millions and billions yeah. of years, it just happened. And I would say that takes a little more faith to believe that it just yeah. magically happened over That's time right. versus That's right. um, the Word of God. Well, you know? and you know, both Ken Ham and Gordon, Dr. Gordon Wilson, uh, touched on things that backed up this this statement. Yeah. And it's it's funny, all the all the fossil, all the you know the Grand Canyon, all, all yeah. these um, facts and information and uh, you know, uh, reality in front of us yeah. um, is a significant. Um, it's just a damning argument against you know oh, evolutionary. Hundred uh, percent. You know the evolutionary framework. I mean, Gordon gave this really cool example where he just showed us fossilized trees that were standing up. Oh, in in supposedly hundreds of millions of years of layers worth of sediment. And you just ask anyone, you go, well, how can a palm tree be in 100 million, each layer is a million or 10 million years? How does that happen? There's thousands of those examples around the world. That's right. In very high places, too. They found palm trees in uh, the second tier of Mount Everest. They've seen stuff in the Himalayas. They have fish records out, and they go, well, how does that happen if it's not a global flood that happened instantaneously with sediment? And there's just no answer. Things they don't go, fossilize yeah. over time. Things, yeah. well, the only way you get fossils is if you have a catastrophic event that you know immediately basically fossilizes the tree, yeah. the bones, the dinosaur, whatever. And he, you know, part of what Gordon 
explained was that, you know, if, if you, he used the example of like, let's say you, you kill a possum, you hit it on the road and you throw it off the road into a creek. Yeah. Well, it's not going to fossilize. No. It's, it's going to actually get decay. eaten away yep. and decay the water, the bugs, the fish, you know, all these things are going to go into it and decay it over time. Yeah. And it's not going to fossilize. And so even fossils, the very fact that evolutionary either scientists pick up fossils and look at them. Yeah. What they're picking up is a catastrophic event. Exactly. And then they try to pull some sort of dating system out of that catastrophic event. Yeah. It's it's it just the very fact that they're holding that fossil contradicts their arguments yeah. in the first place, which they're, is very circular. Yeah. 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 So uh let us know before we let you go here. Yeah, um I know you announced at the uh beginning of the conference where and when and what yeah. are we doing for next year? Give them a Thanks, give them an idea. Yeah, so next year we're going to be at the uh we're going to do our Fight Laugh Feast conference in Dallas Fort Worth. And Fort Worth particularly at the <laughs> Will Rogers Event Center. That's cool. Right next to the stockyards. It's going to be a, a lot of fun and the topic is Prodigal America. Where does America need to repent? Um, yeah. Which is a very, you know, man, I mean it feels like America is far from God and it feels like America is this prodigal son. And I think that any kind of, if you think about it, probably America's actually central issue is that they don't want to return to the father. Oh, so we got, we got sin all over the place, idolatry all over the place, lack of, you know, fornication, lust, uh, you know, um, murdering babies all over the place. But I think the ultimate issue is that they don't want to return to the father because we know we have the, the mark of Christianity on our nation. Yeah, and we don't want that mark. We don't want to be a Christian nation anymore. We really don't want to turn to the return to the Father. So we have uh, that's October thirty first through November second of next year. Oh, Reformation Day! Reformation Day. Day. So we'll, we'll be doing some kind of Reformation esque <laughs> cool. uh, like for the Psalm singing and all that stuff. And, yeah, you know, candy for the kids and jumpy castles, all that stuff. And uh, <laughs> October thirty first through November second next year, Fort Worth. And uh, it, 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 tickets we're we're changing tickets as much as we can next year because I think our Vincent will allow us to do this. But tickets are $99 to $149. $99 for club members, $149 for non-club members. I'll say and, this and I'll say it again. For, for what type of atmosphere, entertainment, uh, obviously, Word of God, yeah. uh, sessions, um, the uh, vendors that you see here, $99 is an insanely cheap yeah. price for yeah. a ticket. Yeah. I mean, you've got yeah. you know one-day conferences with three speakers you never heard of talking yeah. about uh, the color yeah. of the ribbon in your Bible yeah. for 150 That's bucks, right. 200 right. bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, for you guys to open it up and, and kind of allow people at that price point to come in, I think yeah. is really cool. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're trying, you know, we aren't a church funded conference, yeah. we're, you know, our show hosts. And so we got to figure out the business model to actually make it work. Yeah. And we don't get church funding um, or seed money basically to do this conference to kind of cover, you know, some of the cheaper make to help make the uh, tickets cheaper so we don't yeah. do that and so we really got to make the business model work and and so i think we can because it's in texas it's in a bigger event center so we can take, yeah. handle more numbers and stuff like that and i just want to you know greg just say thank you to you man you've actually been very helpful to our conferences and you've been you've uh, been here for all four years yeah and you, you've been not it. only you've been a cheerleader but dude you've been doing good work and, <laughs> and helping that. us from from your neck of the woods in michigan it's, it's so. very selfish because uh uh Stuart from page 50 who you know one of the sponsors yeah, yeah. we had this conversation we go it's just like you're meeting family once a yeah, year you come back right. I have I have some I have some bonds with some brothers here that I see once a year, yeah. probably closer than some people in my life that I see every day. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? We know yeah. we're all we're all kind of mo- in moving fight. in the same fight direct yeah. in the same direction, and it's just a beautiful uh, thing. So big big fan, and I'll be back as many years as the uh, Lord allows me. So Gabe, thanks so much for stopping by, giving us an update. Looking forward to the rest of the day, man. Okay, thank you, sir. All right, bye.
Cody, my man. Hey. What's up, dude? Spare No Arrows Podcast. Yes, sir. Tell me about it, brother. Loving the conference. This is great. This is my first time at a Fight Laugh Feast. Uh, Is it? Yes. Dude, welcome. Yeah. I I, love it. I discovered this Get right up on that mic. We want to be able to hear you. There we go. I discovered this crew in 2020, and after a succession of awful church experiences, (laughs) uh, trying to find a good church like everybody is. Yeah, and uh, you know, discovered Doug Wilson and his crew, and and I, I had previously started a podcast uh, just to you know, like the the quality of churches in America and in the world is so bad, yeah, that uh, and not a lot of people are talking about it, relatively speaking. Yeah, there's a lot of progressive Christians and people deconstructing and talking about how bad churches are from that perspective. Yeah, but my perspective was like, well, I know this stuff is true. Yeah, and I know. There are good churches out there. There might be like two of them, you know, <laughs> or at least as many as many good churches as there are people here from those churches at this conference. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I I wanted to create a podcast that demonstrated that there that to talk about those problems. Yeah. But to say that there there are biblical solutions to those problems. Yeah. And the solution is not deconstructing or fleeing from your faith, yeah. but it's returning to the Bible because the problem is not that we are fundamentalists that are focusing too much on the Bible and that's why we've messed up everything. Yeah. But the solution is a return to the Bible because the problem is that all of these bad churches have escaped uh, Orthodox Christianity. Yeah. No, that's, that's a really good point because what I feel sometimes even on, on this podcast is sometimes I get a little too complainy and blamey and not enough like, well, what's the solution, right? Like, yeah. And we, and we can do that as, as those of us who, and it's from a place of, we care, we care about the body of Christ. We care about the souls that are in these churches that are either dead or being fed a false gospel or whatever it is. Um, but it's nice. So you're, you're kind of focused on your podcast of, well, what are the solutions? How do we get back to the actual word of God? What can we do? Um, you know, to, to make, to, to basically strengthen the body of Christ through our local church. So. Um, I absolutely love it. What's what's the name about though? Spare no arrows. I mean, I kind, I think I know where where it's from, but tell us. I like yeah, the name. In I believe it's Jeremiah fifty yeah. fourteen. Uh, the you know they're they're fighting Babylon and Babylon is has sinned. They're a sinful nation, and God commands His people to uh, shoot every arrow you have at Babylon. Don't spare a single one, for they have sinned against the Lord. Yeah. So the point is, I think that's what we should be doing to Babylon in our culture. Uh, yeah. Theologically, we should be sparing no theological arrows. Yeah. We should be attacking viciously false yeah. theology. Yeah, with love and kindness and grace and, and all that stuff. But I yeah. think we can we can viciously attack evil with uh, while maintaining love. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to ask you uh, two sides of the same coin, kind of. What is the biggest issue you see in Western Christianity uh, that we should be addressing right now? And then what's the biggest and most concerning issue in the secular culture that you see that we should be addressing right now as believers? So as believers addressing believers, what's the biggest issue? And believers addressing the secular culture, what's the biggest or most alarming issue? What yeah. do you think? So I think they're both connected and and actually tying in with a lot of the talks that we're hearing at the conference right now. I think the the whole issue that all of America, secular and Christian, is dealing with is even the churches are ashamed of the word of God. Yeah. They are they are fleeing from God's word and they're being influenced by what the broader culture thinks. Yeah. And 
you know, the secular America is crumbling right now because we used to be a Christian nation, and every day we we uh, flee farther away from God. And you know that that's what we're trying to do bring it bring us back into being a Christian nation. Uh, But but we also see this in the church, and I think the the nation as a whole is drifting away from God because the churches have drifted away from God first. Yeah, and the reason that is is because we've become embarrassed. We've we we love. the opinions of man more than God. We love yeah. uh, to we we want to look good in the eyes of people instead of look good in the eyes of God. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I've been saying on this podcast for the last four years, off and on. It yeah. really is. We would rather bow to the culture than bow to Christ. Um, churches, leaders, individual believers, and it's really. I mean, I think it's very uh, telling that uh, the Bible tells us not to be holden to man, but to be holden to God, because that's really the root of all of our problems, it seems like. We yeah. want to look good in the eyes of man, and we're more concerned about what man thinks. And when I say man, I'm using culture, right, all society, all those things, than what God thinks. So yeah. that's what we need to address in the church. How about in—what are you seeing right now is the biggest issue in— secular culture. I mean, we got a lot of stuff going on in the culture, right? We've got the transgender stuff. We've got the, um, uh, the Christian nationalist stuff and it even being kind of co-opted by certain groups that claim to be racist and sexist and all this stuff. And so, I mean, what we, you know, what do we, what do we attack first? What do, what should we address first as Christians or do we just ignore it and do our own thing? Yeah, I'm I'm not a person who's afraid of the word Christian nationalist. Yep. And because I'm a Christian and I want my nation to be Christian. Yeah. Obviously, and everybody should. And so I think the the there are tons of insane issues with the secular culture, abortion, same-sex marriage, transgenderism, etc. Yeah. And I think yeah, again like uh, we heard in the talks, those are symptoms of the true problem. Yeah. Which is that even as a nation, they have fleed from God. But, you know, if, if I were to just think of probably the biggest problem uh, in in just the secular culture is that over the past few decades, I would say, in America, uh, churches, well, the secular culture has, like like Aaron Wren talks about, we, we are in a negative world now. Yeah. We, uh, the world used to positively perceive Christianity. Yeah. And then as the decades continued, it was kind of negative or uh, neutral. Like, uh, you know, you could be a Christian or not. It doesn't matter. Like your beliefs are your beliefs. But now yeah. in the past few years, in the past couple of decades, if you're a Christian, you are the enemy of the yeah. culture. Uh, yeah. You just say you're a Christian and people are like, yeah, you do you. People are like, Oh, you must be a bigot. You must yeah. be a racist. Yeah. And so I think that's probably the biggest problem in secular culture where now the the entire culture just openly and freely hates Christians. And yeah. what's what's interesting about that is I think when when the culture hates Christianity, the way that churches instinctively respond is to try to look better to the culture. Yeah. But I think that that actually has made it worse. Yeah. You know, when, no, when, the, when the culture is like, no, 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 we don't hate gay people. And we don't, you know, we don't hate gay people. But when yeah. you're like, look, come into our churches and we'll, we'll appease you and we'll yeah. like, we'll affirm your and, sexual identity or whatever. Andy Stanley will hold a conference exactly. for you. Yeah. yeah. So all that crap is, it's actually making the culture hate us more because, yeah. because we still hold the Bible and we, we, we still call ourselves Christians, but yeah. we have none of the substance. So the culture still hates us just the same. And now we don't have the backbone to actually back up our beliefs. 
I would say, too, that's a great point. But I'd also say we have had 50 plus years of a lot of pastors in the pulpit uh, not being able, not preparing Christians rightly for the time of some type of persecution or not being privileged. We have coasted yeah. off of being in a posi- privileged position as Christians in a Christian nation. Uh, and when I say that, I'm saying founded under Christian principles. Uh, if you don't believe that, um, there's a great book called God and Government yeah. um, that you should definitely take a look at. Um, but no one's prepared for this. And yeah. I say no one, I'm being a little facetious, but the majority of Western Christians are not prepared to be persecuted, not privileged, and have that type of pushback. Yeah. And that's what the church was founded on, was founded on, right? The early church was founded on persecution. Yeah. So what I'm seeing is I'm seeing the Christian that has been in the pew or in the seat every week, goes on Wednesday, she goes, you know, her and her family go on Sunday, uh, they've been there 25 years, they get the same little 20-minute sermon with the three jokes, the kids are in youth group eating pizza, yep. not really talking about God, but hey, at least they're not out doing drugs, and they, so that's they good. don't hear the word sin, and they don't hear the they word They don't repent. hear the word sin, and then now they're not in a privileged position, and they get pushed back, and yep. now you're a bigot, and, they, and, and, they're, and they're lost. Yeah. What, what are you talking about? What, what, and there's no preparation on how to push back on that. Yep. How, even to push back and say, this is the worldview that I have and this is why. They almost don't stand on the word of God. They're standing on 20 years of tradition and kind of coasting. And that's what scares me is you're going to see here very soon, and we already started seeing it through COVID, you're going to see a collapse of a lot of the, you know, I, I call them suburban Sunday mm. Christians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know because and we are we we're seeing that yeah. all the time. Like churches are dying, and uh, yeah. But to respond to what you said, I think that ties in exactly with my point that uh, churches are abandoning the Word of God because yeah. I think if I think you know a lot of people are like, uh, oh, I left this church because there were a lot of problems, but you know my pastor at least preached the Word. Uh, yeah, I don't. I would kind of disagree with that. Like if you were yeah. at a bad church, but your pastor preached the word, yeah. either your church wasn't really bad yeah. or the pastor wasn't really preaching the word. Because if right. we're faithfully preaching the word, we don't only say Jesus died for your sin. We don't we don't merely say the words of the gospel, but yeah. the gospel, if, if a pastor is preaching well, then the church is going to reflect faithful Christianity. Yeah. They are going to be preaching application and not just merely the words of the gospel. Yeah. And because we have not um because we've not preached holistically Christianity, but yeah. we just preach like certain very shallow doctrines and we don't dive deeply into it. Um and, and we don't teach people the Bible yeah. as a whole, I think that's what makes people not prepared for like when the pandemic happened or whatever. Right. No, you're absolutely right. So is this the kind of stuff that you're talking about uh, on the podcast? Oh, yeah. yeah Are yeah. you guys guest-driven, or is it you and, and just you? Uh, or are you yeah, a co-host? Or how, what's the format? It's mostly me. I have guests whenever I feel like asking somebody on. <laughs> but right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I, I talk about um, church, a lot of church problems just because I have experience. I've worked for churches, and I've been a missionary, and you know I have a lot of regrets from all of those experiences. Okay. Uh, and I've topped to many different churches just because, you know, I try to commit to a place and I ended yeah. up having bad experiences, having to leave uh, for, for like legitimate reasons. Yeah. And uh, like I, I've just seen a lot of red flags over a large number of churches. And then I also talk like politics and current events and theology and that kind of thing. Yeah. Very cool. 
let everyone know where they can find you on social media or where they can listen to the podcast. Hey, yeah, Cody. so you can look up Spare No Arrows. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Spare No Arrows with uh, underlines between each word. Spare underscore no, no underscore, underscore yeah. arrows. Yeah, <laughs> it's so annoying because just for brand <laughs> flu- fluidity. I have, you know, Dead Men Walking podcast on all social media except yeah. for X, Twitter X. Yeah. I had to go real DMW podcast. And it's just every time I say it, it just my OCD just starts, you know. It's like everything's the same. It's like uh, everything's for, the same except, except that one, you know. Yeah. But uh, cool. So that, we'll make sure we link this up when this goes live that Sweet. they can click on it. Um, listen to a new podcast. Guys, thanks so much for coming on, Cody. We appreciate you sitting down chatting with us. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love your podcast. And, yeah, and I and I will be listening to yours, and we'll make sure that uh, some of our listeners get over there and subscribe as well too, because we need to support each other in this yeah. community, especially when we have brothers and sisters in the Lord that are pushing in the same direction, that are theologically sound, and that understand uh, what we need to do for the body of Christ and for the kingdom of God. Amen. The more Christian content we have out there, the better, and the more that we can support each other and you know create these massive communities that people can follow. I think the better. Cool. Thanks, guys. So this has been a series from Fight, Laugh, Feast. I don't know if this one is the last one. It might be. Um, we got a few more hours left, but if we get another interview in, uh, you'll hear it. Thanks, guys. Bye. Be sure to check us out at dmwpodcast.com, where you can purchase the best and snarkiest merch on the Internet, support the show, and leave us a review or message. Dead Men Walking can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Dead Men Walking Podcast and on Twitter X at Real DMW Podcast. The Dead Men Walking Podcast is part of the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For exclusive show content, be sure to download the Pub TV app and become a member. If you're a business that needs to reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers in your demographic podcast, advertising might be for you. Send all inquiries to deadmenwalkingpodcast at gmail.com. None your biscuits.